You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. T-H-A. Creative license. Yes, I know. This is, uh, uh, why don't we just talk? Hey, Music Biz 101 and more. Yes. Brave New Radio 88.7 WPSC, campus of William Patterson University. We have in the studio today talking all about the Music Biz. By the way, we're trying to make Music Biz better with your free advice. Music Biz 101 and more radio show. That song is by Rob Fusari. It's called Don't Let Love Down. Rob Fusari, Don't Let Love Down. Yes. He's here with us. That's him. He's in the studio. And we're not going to be in the studio next week? No, next week we are. Why? Because we're going to be in New York City with Rob Fusari. Why? Playing his Don't Let Love Down single Ah. release party. That's right. It's next Wednesday at where? The Cutting Room. What time? We're going to say 9 o'clock. Okay. We're going to say 9 o'clock. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there because you can park on the street. See? Good parking is very important. Um, And you know who else is going to be there? Our producer, Bianca Russo. Bianca Russo, engineer slash producer. All right, Bianca Russo. You know who else is going to be there? The girl on your left, the girl on my right. Her name Uh, is Joelle Filippi. All right, Joe Filippi. Practically filped. That's what we call her. (laughs) I don't think she appreciates that, but But, makes my ancestors proud so i am your professor david kirk philp and i am here always with dr esteban yes yes and how many more weeks before nashville we are about uh a month away well less than a month away from nashville that's right nashville tennessee Boy, why don't we give them got... do you want what yeah no that's want... right go ahead we're gonna roll right into our thanks to uh, the music biz association who is kind enough to um can you turn the song down now because what we're going we're to play the whole song later and talk about it. it. And I apologize I if I was me. snippy, Bianca. That was not meant to be snippy, nor snappy, <laughs> nor iffy, or yappy. Did it sound like that, that Rob? Did it sound like... What, would you please turn that dastardly rock and roll, that devil music down? The song stinks you, you anyway. Every now and then. All right, now that's enough. I feel like I'm married to you. Hey, <laughs> Bianca, let's give thanks to the Music Biz Association. Bianca, would you please save the date for May 16th through the 18th, 2016, when Music Biz goes to Music Biz in the Music City. We, your Music Biz 101 and more team, will be in Nashville with a group of students, 20 students. Yes, Count did them. you get the email today? The restaurant list? Places to eat in Nashville. Yes, they sent it out, the MBA. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of things. Joel is not going, I apologize. You, you don't even have a mic. Oh, because uh, I have it. Bianca took the mic, so you'll share a mic with me tonight. I just realized that. So, anyway, anyway, so we're going to uh, the Music Business Association uh, convention in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, begins May 16th, goes through the 18th. And, and how can we take 20 students with us? Well, I'd like to give you the truth about that matter. Okay. And the truth is that we had two wonderful sponsors who are <sighs> bequeathing money yes. to this trip, mm-hmm. to the education of our youth. You know, the foundation of every nation is the education of its youth. And we are here to educate all about the music biz. 
And we want to give thanks, Dr. Esteban, to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management. You see, with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, Sharon Jones, the Dap Kings, and Kiss, there's only one place to go for your band's business management. Steve Marconi, go to vb-cpa.com when you are ready. That's correct. And you Mi better be ready. I know. Maybe we can get Rob Fusari to go there and handle his business management needs. Mm -hmm. Rob. Also, we should give thanks to Christine Vey. Did you know, Rob, that she is a wealth manager and the president of Vey Wealth Management? Did you know that? Now I know. You're so much smarter. Your brain, I yeah, see I, I see that, that brain just popping out of your ears, <laughs> coming head, out of your... big head to begin with. I know. That's an issue. <laughs> you know, Rob, Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson, the university, to manage their investments and plan out their retirement. If you're looking, Rob, for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement or have questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance and retirement planning, Rob, you sorry, give Christine Vey a call, 732 455 1510. The number, Joel, is 732-455-1510. 455 sounds radio cool. And you can also email her, Joel, if you wanted. Christine at Vey, V-A-Y, VeyWealth.com for advisement. And Marconi then says, And remember, no portfolio is too small. <laughs> no portfolio is too small for Christine Vey of Vey We have a guest tonight, and our guest is Robert Fusari. What's your middle name? Dino. Dino. Are you Italian? Yes. Robert Dino. Dino Danelli Fusari. Uh, you know who Dino Danelli was? No. Drummer for oh, the yeah. Rascals. No, mm -hmm. I didn't know. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, drummer for the Rascals. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, so actually, Dino came from the uh, dinosaur of Flintstones. That's where I got it. <laughs> that, that is why you're named after a cartoon character that doesn't even speak. I got to say, before we begin, you guys are good at this. And you, you actually got better since the last time I was here. Well, there's more thank a, you. There's yeah. a more of a flow, if you will. Flow. Mm -hmm. You have a flow. You have a vibe now. There's a little right. more vibe. A lot more vibe. I'm not saying the place in, in here has a vibe. But <laughs> no. no. The characters yeah. have come to life a little more. A lot more. <laughs> right. So yeah, congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. I, I'd like to, before we get into your bio, just also give a, a swift and gracious hello to your business what would you call jane jane de gregorio come here for one second jane the behind the scenes gal she's behind the scenes of rob fusari what would you say your role is with robert fusari because you do a lot you're like brains your organization you're not his manager but are you sort of his manager what would you say you can come talk to the mic she's great she's well, great it, start, it starts at the better half and that's <laughs> she's rob's better half that goes without well, that's, saying she's the course. eye candy in the fusari duo and being a mute, it's very difficult for her to negotiate. That's why Trump has her. Uh, she was doing that. <laughs> that's right. She's behind the scenes. That's her way of saying, please do not put me on a, on a microphone. Okay. For those of you not in the know, Rob Fusari is a Grammy. Oh, is it two Grammys? You know, I lost count after the first one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line. Because I keep saying two. And then I, I keep I, looking today, and I, I say... I forgot to pick up the second one, I think, so I never went to get it. So I maybe it was, was called a one, if you will. Really? Okay. <laughs> well, and the whole idea of that... I'm not sure where that one went either. That, that's somewhere in storage. The first one? Yeah. Okay. So three, I, I don't know. I, I, but yeah. Three so, would be awesome. All right. We'll try, I'm we'll just saying. Three. If that, you, that would actually if legitimize... If you get a second, try and get that legitimize things. Yeah, because right now you're, you're, a, you're a hack. <laughs> right. You're a lucky hack. Two Grammys, but he's not in the central New York. He, he is not a Hall of Famer announced by the Syracuse <laughs> Area Music, Musicians, Musicians Hall of Fame. Steve Marconi's a Hall of I'm Famer. Ah, they crazy. called him this week because they want to make a bust of his head. <laughs> on and, Mount Rushmore. And, and put no it on that next to the other three presidents, who right. is uh, uh, President Felipe Russo and uh, Di Gregorio, who also sounds like a law firm. And right. if you have any <laughs> business law changes, go to the business firm of Felipe Russo. Mm -hmm. And it's Felipe, not Felipe. <laughs> um, you're a Grammy Award winner. Uh, allegedly, you have won a Grammy, but we cannot find it. Multi-platinum music producer, songwriter, music executive. That's from your website. You have worked, Rob. With countless, although we can put them all on seven fingers. Count, that, no, actually, uh, seven hands would have been the joke. Countless legendary artists, including Beyonce, Britney Spears, Whitney Houston, Adam Lambert, Kelly Rowland, Will Smith, Je Los, Los Brothers, Los Hermanos Jonas, Macy Gray. <laughs> and you're best recognized for discovering pop icon Lady Gaga. 
and your discography holds <laughs> Billboard hits, including Destiny's Child's No, 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 it, which is, was also a, uh, a theme, uh, an anti-violence theme. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> and Bootalicious, which, which is so funny because Bootalicious came out before 9-11. And after 9-11, they had this big uh, concert. Uh, for the for the uh, firemen and all the, mm -hmm. the people who mm -hmm. lost, and uh, Will Smith, not no Will uh, Ferrell went out and did his George Bush impression, and he made a joke, and he, we were at the time it was Operation Freedom when we were going into Afghanistan, mm -hmm. but he was calling it instead of Operation Bootalicious, he actually had a joke that totally tied into Operation Bootalicious. Just uh, Google that one. You also I, did that, that, what? We need, <laughs> we need more dead air tonight. I know, I know, it's, it's not working. Uh, so you've worked with uh, Paparazzi, which you co-wrote. You uh, led you. You were honored with a Grammy. You've won an ASCAP Pop Award. You've been uh, featured in Billboard magazine's top ten songwriters in the world, and that's all. And a graduate of that, William Patterson yeah. University. He is an alum, alumnus. Yes, but not that's least. Right. Yes. Yes, but right. not least. Very much so. So Marconi, start. Start. Oh, okay. I think what I'm more curious about is that you certainly um, established yourself as a great songwriter and a producer, and now you're moved into being a performer on your own right under Rob Frasari. And I think the listeners would like to know, is it easier to sort of try to get established as now a performer or is it like some of my friends have told me in the jazz world that if you are a player and you're more than a piano player, to try to be an arranger and a composer is almost impossible. Mm. You have to make one one decision. You, you can't be both. And I know, of course, that you're so established as a songwriter and a producer, but is it did that make it easier for you on this time around or not? Well, you know, it's an interesting question, and you know, people ask me the reason why I did it, why I made that um, transition, and the the answer is 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 evident in that I didn't have a choice at at at, at the point of um, at that point of my career because it just I, I didn't seem to have another way to go. I didn't have another. Um, idea I, you know i looked and searched high and low for a, a new artist to develop um you know writing songs and pitching songs to labels seemed that this didn't seem it didn't feel right to me and i i it was my way of of getting back to the music mm -hmm. you know because I, I think i lost my way you know during all these um you know all these incredible things that happened but but that had happened but you know, what seems to happen is is you find that the music start, starts to become secondary. And the only way I could really pull it back to the music was to start performing again. And, and it wasn't, you know, it's not that I want to be a pop star. Um, that's, that's not the goal here. The, the goal is really for me to find myself again mm -hmm. uh, in the music, which, which certainly got lost uh, through the years. So, so to answer your question more directly, um, no, I wouldn't say it's 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 a difficult transition because people do think of you as that as the thing that you've had success mm -hmm. in. Um, but again, the, the the obstacles are are there. But I just I seem to, you know, be in a place where I could overlook them and just keep you know heading towards what makes me feel right, and that's just you know writing and, and singing right now. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So as a producer, then you do. As I'm sure listeners want to know, you do get so wrapped up in the business side that it sort of at times you can people will will make you feel that the music is almost secondary to, in in your role. Yeah, I, I think it's you know I think it happens to a lot of people. It's inevitable because you know especially with the successes, um, there's other things to do. There's interviews. There's meetings. There's you know, all kinds of other things that, that people are pulling you um, away from, you know, towards that's away from the music. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's almost like the kind of thing where you turn around and, and a week goes by and you're like, oh, my God, I haven't done any music this whole week. And mm -hmm. it's kind of just it creeps up on you uh, and you don't see it coming. But when it does, it, it you know, when you do realize it, 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 
it, it's a very strange feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and you start to, you know, it could, it could spiral into, into some very strange, uh, you know, areas. Uh, um, so I think that it was, get, it was going in that direction for me and something had to pull it back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we have, let's say, somebody extremely uh, hot today, uh, Dr. Luke or somebody, Max Martin or whatever, they, uh, they're wanted right now by everyone. So they would have to have a team of people sort of insulating them so they could get their their work done in terms of writing and producing? Um, I would say yes, to some level. I think that there has to be a conscious effort to, um, you know, I, I always say it's, it's like a job. Um, and I, you know, for years I did treat it very much like a nine-to-five job. I would get up at a certain time. I would write, you know, for a certain number of hours, even if I couldn't come up with anything, I would still make it very much like a job. So I was, I was at it. Um, so I think, I think in the right circumstances, in the right teams, you know, people will allocate that time for that producer or that writer to do the music and, and say, okay, from three to six, we're going to do the interviews from, you know, mm -hmm. 11, you are going to leave you, you know, like for me, even, even to this day, I get the most done at, I mean, I wake up three, four in the morning. So I go three in the morning to say nine mm -hmm. when there's really nothing happening in the, and like I feel in my world. And there's, there's just, there's a certain level of peace and quiet that exists that I'm able to, to create that. And, and if I, if I try to do it later in the day, even it's, it's a different vibe. I'm creating different. The process is different. The feeling of the, of the mm -hmm. songs are different. Mm -hmm. The tracks are different. So there's something for me that I found that works for me in that three, 3 a.m. to, to 9 a.m. hour. So it, it's, you know, it's just, yeah. In time. yeah, that's interesting because I years ago I read things like um, if I can make them up, and I'm sure they're not true. Like, uh, Gershwin wrote better at night. Berlin wrote better in the winter than the summer. Mm -hmm. And everybody's clock is different. Yeah. And their creative clock is probably even even more difficult to distinguish. And um, it, that's interesting that you say that because many people would feel that the amount of time spent between three and nine is you'll get mi very little done at that point. You're better off spending it between nine and three. Right. No. But for you, it's, it's the exact opposite. Well, in the same, in the same thought, uh, you know, people say to me, you know, in, in times in my life where I'm, I'm, you know, in pain or I'm hurting it or something, you know, very, you know, crazy going on. They're like, you should write about it. But that doesn't work for me either. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I find to be, it, it's, I'm so, you know, my, I'm so twisted um, that I can't do it. So mm -hmm. that like, you know, uh, you know, it's only, I, ha I have to wait for those periods of my life to end to be able to write about them. Uh, you know, I can't be in them and then write about them. Yeah. Interesting. Right. So tell us about this, um, the new song, the single that's out. So, um, uh, don't let love down is, um, um, it's a song that I had uh, written with uh, Gaga um, early on um, when we had starting started, um, you know, trying to come up with a direction for her. We did this very Beatles-esque um, rock and roll, um, you know, kind of edgy, um, you know, whole package. And you know, we did a bunch of songs that were in this vein that had, you know, it was very Lennon, very uh, Beatles uh, in the feeling, uh, you know, in a lot of the harmonies and the, and the changes. And, you know, we really felt strongly that this was the right direction for her. And this was one of the songs mm -hmm. that was in this, uh, in this, um, in these, in this piece of, uh, you know, in these songs that we had written at, at the time, you know, in 2000, I think 2006. Um, you know, so we put, put together a whole package uh, of songs in the nature of, of Don't Let Love Down. And, you know, shortly after, maybe, I don't know, three, four months, we, we decided that, you know, it wasn't really working. It, it just seemed to be a little bit forced. So we kind of abandoned the whole direction uh, and went into this more uh, electronic. Uh, was dance. the idea that she was going to be at the piano singing this song, or was it going to be a band? No, it was very around? much she was going to be at the piano singing the songs and this very rock and roll. You know, because when I had first seen her, um, you know, when she performed for me in the studio, I felt this very Bowie rock and roll. You know, Ziggy Stardust thing about her. It, it mm -hmm. was it was apparent. You know, she had a she and she still does have this very rock and roll edge to her and, yeah. and an attitude uh, an approach on, on things so um it was kind of going with that whole that feeling of, of making her like kind of this rock and roll trick but then you know after just you know i played the songs for a couple people in the industry and i just started thinking about it and you know it's just the bottom line is it's just so it's so difficult for females in rock and roll mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, rock radio just doesn't, you know, seem to right. embrace the, the, the female art, which I don't know. Some they do, like, you know, Blondie and Hart, but, like, on the classic side. But when you look at new artists, you don't see a lot of new artists from the female side coming on rock radio, mm-hmm. which is it's pretty lame. But, I mean, you know, so I just started playing those odds in my, in my head. I'm like, how are we going to break her, you know, rock radio? It's just going to be tough because she's, although, like, it was rock, you know, she, 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 she wasn't really living that life of the rock and roll chick. You know the CBGB life, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know she still had some somewhat of this kind of polished, um, you know, glamour mm-hmm. side to her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So when we abandoned that uh, direction, and basically these these songs just kind of just got left behind mm-hmm. uh, and, and sat on the shelf after we had started writing new songs that you know went from you know Dirty Rich to Paparazzi um, and uh, you know a bunch of others that were more in the dance uh, realm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, years went by. So we're talking, um, the song is written in 2006, so we're talking 10 years wow. have, have, gone, uh, have gone by. Um, you know, and I think she, she released uh, Don't Let Love Down on YouTube, um, which was, you know, just, uh, you know, just, I guess to show people some of her, other, you know, some of the work she has done, or I don't know how that came about, but I, you know, it, just, it appeared on YouTube at some point, which was cool. And then, you know, it just, I just always love the song, and I I love the whole body of work that we did at that time, and mm-hmm. it's still it's still very dear to me. And, and you know, as a songwriter, these these are kind of like your children. These songs, you're like you just you, you don't forget them. You know, you don't just go on to the next song, write it, and then okay, that was just a song. At least the special ones, you always they're always kind of on your mind, and they're in the back of your mind, and you're mm-hmm. thinking, is there any way I can get back to that? Mm-hmm. And I, here it was very tricky because I couldn't. I couldn't record the song on another artist. I didn't want to do that out of respect for her mm-hmm. um, and the situation. Um, I, I just wanted, to, you know, to let it be for what it was on that level. So, the, I mean, the only way I, I felt that I could, you know, kind of get back to the song and get in touch with it was to just do a version of it um, that with my, with my vocal. Um, and it, was, it wasn't, there was no intention, there was no, you know, motivation or goal with it. It was just, I wanted to do it because, again, getting back to the music and being able to, you know, to hear it, you know, the way I'm hearing it in my head and to, to you know, it's, it's, it's fulfilling for me, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's not about the numbers. It's not about the sales. It's about what it makes me feel. Right. And so I recorded the song in that, you know, in that mindset. Um, and then, you know, just, we just kind of like, you know, I got together with Dave uh, here at the college and, and one thing kind of led to another um, uh, and we just kind of like, we, we came up with a, a bit of a plan to, you know, to just to get it out there on, you know, on an indie level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was really, you know, that was kind of the, the, the story behind how it came, how it came to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Do also we all, the way, the way we chose that song, Joel, do you want, Joel was there when uh, we were offered, basically it's part of a class yes. uh, that Rob has been working with called the Modern Entertainment Company. Right. Joelle is in that class. Do you recall how that song, Don't Let Love Down, became part of this? Um, Rob played us, was it like five or six it was songs? Five, yeah. um, and we all agreed that Don't Let Love Down was the best one. Well, they were all amazing, but like that one, I just remember us all like, I think one person said it and we were all just like, yep, we agree. Like yeah, that's- It was unanimous. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no. Now, it was originally called Let Love Down. I, I always say, I go back and forth between the two titles. Uh-huh. You know, does, just, it, does it mean anything, whether it's Let Love Down or Don't Let Love Down? Is there any writer, no, deeper it, it, thing? No, it doesn't. Because it, 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 Don't Let Love Down has so many, if you could twist that in so many different ways in terms of how you interpret it, mm-hmm. that, that lyric. So it kind of, it just falls in line with that, that same feeling of it kind of, goes right. the teeter-totters. Right. We're going to play it in a second all the way through. And I think um, with the don't added and with the show that we're doing next week, it, it the homage to the Beatles and also don't let me down. Right. Um, so the don't fits in there. And when people hear the song in a second, they're going to get a good sense of how this is a very Beatlesque song. Sure. Mm-hmm. Should we play it? Sure. sure. Rob, Rob says play. Don't let love down. You're gonna 
the end something well broken here <laughs> your glass is that a glass i know so that was don't let me down the new single don't by rob you sorry great why do i oh, don't let me that was an elo song don't let me down don't let me no, down that, don't, don't bring me down with her don't bring me okay <laughs> i am retiring from the show right. everything i've said tonight is just uh, i'm looking for a co-host <laughs> we're gonna have a contest not one that sounds like jim carrey right. <laughs> professor david Kirk so let me ask you a couple of questions when you and gaga did it was that the arrangement in terms of verse chorus verse it exactly was the arrangement uh-huh. um, the production has uh changed somewhat um but the production is similar as well but you know i tried to stay close to where you know it lived at that time mm-hmm. uh, i thought about you know doing some crazy stuff to it and reproducing but i i just it just you know, I guess it for me, it just it's kind of like it, it, it is what it is that song, and I mm-hmm. just, I didn't want to, you know, oh let me try to make it shinier, newer, fresher. I just I don't, you know, because I hear that so so much from the record labels, like oh you can make it, you know, make it new, make it modern. Right. I'm just you know I'm just tired of that, so I just left it kind of for the most part as is. Yeah, it's great for our generation anyway, and I speak for me and the janitor out there. <laughs> That's right. Well, that was one thing we talked about because as part of our our. Uh, association with you this semester was the class was trying to figure out um, how to work it. And one thing we did is you have distribution through the orchard. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the indie way that we went, it wasn't uh, just like a CD baby thing. It was you actually are a level above that. Um, right. And that's based upon your karaoke um, right. days as well. They did the karaoke record, yeah. Right, yeah. So, so we did actually do have distribution for the single. And the Orchard has worked with us. We're doing a special promotion with Shazam. Mm-hmm. We're doing a, a spo- special promotion the night of the show with uh, Snapchat mm-hmm. that actually Joel put together. Do you briefly want to explain what that is, Joel? It's kind of cool, the Snapchat thing, the geotag. Yeah, we created, well, well I created on, on Photoshop, um, uh, just a little like picture for the bottom for Snapchat, and it's a geotag. So when we're in the cutting room the night of the show, um, you just take a picture, and you could just slide through the the filters, and it will be one of them. So yeah. Yeah. 
Joelle's got a good radio voice. She really does. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe we don't have to run a contest. Maybe I can just walk out. <laughs> Philippi and Philippi is pretty close. Bring back a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I will. And a, and a fresh pair of pants. So, um... <laughs> All right, so, so that was that. So I'm, I'm trying to go through, like, the distribution of how this is working. So then the class, so the idea was, so where does this song fit? Is it a Z100 song? And even mm-hmm. if it was, we, we can't get it onto right. Z100, you know, mm-hmm. a, a class. And it's, it's not a major label thing. And even The Orchard probably wouldn't be able to do that. So right. we focused on college radio. And besides where we are, WPSC, Brave New Radio 88.7, WPSC on the campus of William Patterson the University. But you're getting on. You have an interview that we were able to get you for WFDU mm-hmm. uh, uh, tomorrow. Um, we actually got him uh, through Steve Leeds on Sirius XM. Yeah, non-terrestrial, right? That was fun, yeah. Did and you did that was with the Entertainment Weekly channel, yeah, right? Yeah, that was fun. Larry Flick? Flick. Larry Flick. Yes. Is Larry, right? Okay. Larry. What, was that just an interview? Did they play the song? Did you talk about the song? They didn't play it when I was there. It was, it was pre-recorded, though, so I don't, I don't know if we'll play it or not, but we talked about a lot of, a lot of different things, so, and the song. Oh, okay. Actually, uh, it might go on tomorrow. Oh, Friday, Steve mm-hmm. Leeds mentioned. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Uh, so that was that. And then uh, Ashley Overa, who is in our class, um, has gotten the song added to a couple of college radio stations right. as well. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. been a great thing. You're know, calling uh, one of our students was able to get a list of about 400 college radio stations and reaching out to all of these in a regional area and calling them, emailing. Some of them you can't even get through to. And our listeners can see and hear this live, can't they? They can this str- tune. Yes, because when they is can. that? Well, they can see it live uh, as we do the uh, the show at the Cutting Room on uh-huh. April 27th. The Cutting Room, by the that way. That must be next Wednesday. It's a Wednesday, April 27th, 2016. Good. For those of you listening to the podcast in 2019, mm-hmm. the Cutting and Room is at 44 East 32nd Street in New York, New York. Plenty of free parking. Yeah, and Rob has played gigs there before. Yeah, come on, it's a fun time. Yeah, and we actually had it's Steve Walter, time. who's the owner of the Cutting Room, yes, co-owner uh, on last year's show. Right. And, and if I buy my tickets before the night of the show, do I get a discount? You actually do. There's a buy in advance, ah. and you get a discount. Buy out the door, you don't get a discount. Mm. But students get a discount. So if you were a college student, for example, like a Bianca Russo, who's working the social, she don't got to pay. Hmm. But should she decide not to work and we got to make her pay, she gets a discount because she's a, a studiante. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So that is uh, Don't Let Love Down. And then the show, do you mind if we bring up uh, the idea that the class came up with for the no, merch, for the merchandise? Yes. Joelle, explain what we're doing with the uh, CDs. Okay. So since Bianca and I are not talented and we're not in the band, um, we will be helping sell the merch. And what we did, we, we put together a custom CD. So with three songs, three of Rob's songs, Don't Let Love Down, Wonderful, and No One Can Know. Um, so there are uh, three songs on the CD, and we actually customized all of them with paint splatter and glitter, and they look awesome. And they're going to be available no at the merch alike? No, they're all different. Oh, unique. Ooh, yes. I, I might buy one. Yes, yeah. and they are $10. Right, and, so and, they're, and they're self-burned, so uh-huh. so it's real DIY and truly custom because we didn't go to a disc makers, we didn't go anywhere right. to have these manufactured. And this is something Marconi and I went to a event in Harrisburg a couple months ago, and some bands do this when they're when they're making CDs to sell at their shows rather than go somewhere and have to spend five hundred dollars. I'm sorry, buy five hundred a run of five hundred, mm-hmm. spend three dollars a disc. They just make them on their own, right. um, but they haven't gone to this degree that that Joelle is talking about and actually customizing each single jewel box with its own artwork and we're going to number them we're only making 25 did you say only 25 only making 25 we're going to number them and Rob you're going to sign each one of them hey and you're also going to put your thumbprint on it as well and does (laughs) uh, Harry Fox know this does Harry Fox know about this Rob he's a good guy why would he (laughs) (laughs) because Rob's the writer Right, would it be up to him though? It's the manufacturer, as you teach. The label always has. Rob to is the label, and Rob is the. Uh, with so actually, we should Harry. have gone to a Sony ATV technically to get this. Rob Correct. is the label, so he can tell us, and he supplied this to us. Yes, he can so, get a, a release from Rob. I'm going to call Mar- Martin Bandier, Ban- Bandier, oh, right after this, the head of here. Sony ATV, and I will explain. <laughs> What we're doing, and, and by the, did we mention the charity that this show is? No, that's is the next thing I was going to ask. Where is all this money going? Bianca knows. It's going to music scholarships 
Music where? Here at William Patterson. The university? Oh. Yeah, the university. That's right. Great. Yeah. yeah, it's good. So scholarships for uh, for students at William Patterson University. So the uh, the goal is to music scholarships. Music scholarships. The idea is to uh, get about three point six million dollars from the show. Great. We could do it because Rob's a big star. Mm -hmm. Other merch we're doing are these uh, themed cookies, but they're not just cookies. Dr. Mark. Uh oh. <laughs> Should we tell are, anybody they... what's in those cookies? <laughs> in Colorado, it would be totally legal to tell That's about right. what we're talking about. California's what's in the cookies. coming up. That's right, in Alaska. But they are Beatles cookie bites, oh. so named by the man on your right, the man in front of me, Robert Fusari, mm -hmm. middle name Dino. And they're shaped like Beatles? They're shaped like small bugs. <laughs> they right. actually are, yes. And the, the best part of this, this is the part that I think, now this is all cool. Now, and and it, this is the, we're joking, but this is a, yeah, the lesson no, here is this cool stuff that we're doing for the show, additional revenue stream and all mm -hmm, that, but mm -hmm. creative additional revenue stream. Not just, we're not just doing t-shirts. We're not just doing right. posters. You know, we're doing some something different and creative, which is cool. And mm -hmm. then Rob, you could talk about the show. Like your thoughts behind the show when we get to it in one second as you oh, lean toward the mic, just... thinking that was your cue. That was not your cue. Your cue will I be when I point it to you. Know, it's very approached. soon, Rob. <laughs> um, but uh, so, Rob's. Are these cookies being made by the class? No, the class has not. The class does not have enough rubber gloves to make cookies. Legally. Oh, so. So who is making the cookies, Jane? This awesome baker, um, L Cookies. L letter L or like Spanish L E L. You like A A, oh like like the magazine L so L yeah, cookies. That's someone's name. To be my sister. Oh, it's your sister. <laughs> Great, Mrs. Well, it's L. They're L cookies. Her name is Lori. She has a, a company called L. Baking. Oh, she has a baking company. L. Why don't we give them a little shout out? Oh, L sure. cook. Here's L there cookies. You, you can visit them at lcookies.gov. Gov. I'll take, a, <laughs> I'll take another one of those samples. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, they're not here. Damn. Right, now, now, okay. So we got the the cookie bite, Beatles cookie bites, and we're also. And this is the idea of Jane D. Gregorio, mm -hmm. Rob's behind the scenes gal, mm -hmm. and the idea is strawberry a strawberry fields forever drink. She came up with about a Beatles themed drink, and the class came up with the idea of Strawberry Fields Forever. Because if you listen to the words to Don't Let Love Down, Rob does sing Strawberry Fields yeah. Forever. Yeah. Right. And that was in the wrong lower octave than what you. I don't, it's, 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 <laughs> workable. Yeah. Auto tune. Um, exactly. <laughs> 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 this whole show has been auto tune, actually, except Marconi. Our, our, our speaking so voices are. What's in this drink? <laughs> the drink, actually, we're working that out because one thing idea was it's a, it was going to be a strawberry fields forever daiquiri. Mm -hmm. But then we're actually going to the club and we're asking the cutting room, saying maybe your your guys, yes. the bartenders, want to have a better idea because we are yeah. some of us are under twenty one in this class. Maybe they have a better idea of something that actually would actually sell. And then we're asking the club. Some of us are Joel's like I'm maybe, fifty. Um... But we want to donate proceeds to the scholarship fund. Right. We could Google it. There's probably a drink out there. I would think. The strawberry After feels 40, forever. 50 years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well said, Rob. His <laughs> <laughs> next song well, is called Cro-Magnon. <laughs> well, let's get back to these cookies. What's in the cookie? You didn't said it's a special it's ingredient. It's a Beatles cookie. It's, like it's, it's a Beatles cookie there. bite. I mean, it's a surprise. You have to buy surprise. it there to find shell? out. George well, Harrison. Beat, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's insect a, shell? I mean, what? Four different designs of the Beatles. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. And the cookies there are going to be chip. four really cool Beatles album designs on the cookies, ah. which are edible. Right. So you can eat the artwork. Great. And Never see it again. Get the <laughs> the essence of the Beatles. That's good. Yeah. I like it. Essence of the Beatles. That sounds like a uh, the the John Lennon perfume. Essence of the yeah, Beatles. Four different perfumes. Right. All, all like Kiss, all released on the same day, right? You know what I'm talking about, Rob? No. Kiss, 1976. Each so each Kiss member, they had a, a solo album come out all on the same day. Solo album. Yet. You know, I never got into Kiss. Really? But you were into rock and roll. Yeah, just just, just not them. Not them. Everyone but them. No. And okay, good. I was not into Kiss until I met <laughs> so Aaron Van Dyke. Other merch might we have? Well, that well then, why don't you talk about the show? And this ties into. Uh, the visual of it, and that okay. ties into another opportunity. Talk about like the the painters and things, body painting. Oh, 
Yeah, but, you know, these shows, you just never know what's going to be, what's going to happen. And, and yeah, that's on and off stage. That's kind of the beauty of, of, of what, you know, what, what it, what it is and what it represents. There's, there's a certain freedom, you know, it, it feels, you know, it feels very much, you know, you know, inspired by like, Andy Warhol, mm. uh, that time and that feeling, that sentiment. Um, and even like the karaoke shows have that same type of vibe and it's just all kinds of things just kind of last minute things come at us and we, we include it. We might have a, you know, somebody with Beatles artwork there um, presenting some of his artwork. Um, this guy, Zane Fix, um, you know, so, I mean, on stage, it's just, it's, you just know, you never know what to expect. Things are changing by the day and it's, it's, you know, full of surprises. Um, but it's definitely doing a bunch of Beatles tunes, um, some originals. Doing this one medley uh, that we're uh, doing this one medley that is kind of like it's it's weird because when I started kind of going over the tunes I was playing Hey Jude and one day I was playing Hey Jude and I and I went into I think Imagine or something and it started to feel like this this kind of conversation uh, between you know John Lennon and you know maybe Julian mm-hmm. and I kind of just started I, I sat at the piano for many hours that day kind of just going back and forth with tunes some Beatles songs some not. And just almost having this kind of imaginary, no pun intended, conversation between mm-hmm. the two of them mm-hmm. in song form. So I'm going to present, you know, a piece of that, not the hour long one, but you know, I'm going to I'm going to present, uh, you know, five six minutes of that that kind of conversation that I believe could could have happened mm-hmm. in song and lyric between you know John uh, and Julian. So I mean, you know, the show is definitely it's whimsical. It's all all kinds of different things coming at you. It's going to be a fun night. Great. Yeah. I, one more thing to add in terms of just the overall feel of it. Uh, just going back to the custom CD thing, because what they did there, they used splatter paint on the discs themselves, mm-hmm. on, the, on, on the jewel boxes. Mm-hmm. So at the merch table, the uh, sign at the merch table that's saying, hey, come here, buy these CDs, also same kind of artwork, the whole splatter mm-hmm. type of art as mm-hmm. well. And then we made these table, t- these table toppers are being made, which are going to go on the tables, directing people to the merch table and also directing them to the bar for the Strawberry Fields Forever drink. Mm-hmm. And that also will have that sort of splatter artwork. So you, there's this continuity throughout the room in terms of this artistry. Because if you look at this the artwork, theme. you mentioned Zane Fix. Yeah, the theme, this Zane Fix artist who Jane mentioned was the original bass player for Billy Idol. Mm-hmm. For solo Billy Idol or Generation X? Am I going too no, deep? No, in- solo. Solo, so uh, yeah. going back to the Rebel Yell yes. phase and all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so his artwork isn't splatter art, but it is, it's not perfect art. You know, it's, it's, it's got personality yes. in it. And, and so he has... Jackson Pollock? He's, no. like, he's like Japanese. He, he calls yeah. himself like a Japanese. Zane Fix, this um, New York cat, um, actually owns an um, art gallery in New York City. Um, he is known as a J-pop artist, which is... A Japanese um, wood blocking. Uh-huh. And he actually went to Japan and studied under wow. one of his mentors. And Great. he came back, and one of his first pieces was this incredible David Bowie um, image. And he was one of those artists hanging out mm-hmm. um, on the streets down in Soho, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to make a living, yeah. trying to sell his yeah. art. And who shows up? coming you know like walking up the stairs from the subway and is like how much is that piece and he turns around and it's iman oh, was david bowie's wife, wife. Right, and course. she's like i must have that for my husband and that was his his first piece wow. sold and that's that wonderful. just gave yeah his claim to fame yeah that's great by the way that is a spot on iman impression not a lot of people can do it not a lot of people know it but i'm one of the iman knowers and that was exactly <laughs> how she sounds uh, can we get to a few tweets because we have about 60 tweets and maybe we can get a few well, in, in the one next one more question minutes. do it okay and people can go to youtube and catch the video of this song can't they they can yeah. and where did the concept from that video uh, for that video come from um you know we we were thinking about different concepts and um we had recently hooked up with um this um director Mikhail, what's Mikhail's last name, Jay? Torich. And um, Mikhail and I just kind of went back and forth, you know, talking about different ideas um, that were a little bit more abstract, a little bit more, you know, just in the sentiment and the feeling of the song, as opposed to, you know, putting a literal, you know, story behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we wanted to do something that felt, you know, very 80s kind of 
um, simple, uh, you know, and, and, and it's and it's feeling and inspiration because um, you know, some of the videos I had done before were a little more extravagant and you know a little you know a lot going on. So I felt that it was really you know inside of you know representing the song and marriaging the song properly to do something a lot more simple and a lot more you know uh, low budget and just you know so it kept the the indie feel of the whole uh, of the whole song and everything. But you know it, it was just very much. Him and I just shooting back ideas uh, in terms of little kind of like you know blurbs, little like snapshots and you know almost like pictures, mm -hmm. if you will, um, and images that that represented the, the sentiment of the of the song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's good. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And there's also a cool lyric video. Yes. The lyric video actually has some oh, animation to that. it. Yeah. Um, just came out a couple days ago. Yeah. Actually, it's it's actually I was showing my classes because I thought it was again another really creative. <clears throat> something very creative so that's rob is and and, and even jane it, it, you have this real creativity this artistry which is really interesting to work with that i have not worked with well thank with, you at this this much in the past. <laughs> i mean he's not a hall of famer he's not in syracuse he's no tweets uh syracuse before area. we run out of time i know tweets here's a good tweet for you go joel okay go. this is from underscore zach levinson underscore rob fusari how do you become known as your own artist instead of being known only in relation to Lady Gaga? How do you make that transition? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. And you know, what the the crazy part about that question, not the crazy part, but the interesting part I should say is that, you know, prior to even meeting Gaga, I had, you know, worked with a bunch of artists and there was something about, you know, the the Gaga project that I guess got so big that people somehow associate me with still with that that project so much. Uh, which I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but um, I think there, there's always going to be that association. So I think to try to break to break that is going to it's it's not it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I at some point I have to you know just come to terms with that. That's, that's it is what it is, and be be at peace with it in terms of you know I was part of something, you know, part of something great, and my my small piece, whatever it may have been, you know, I just have to look at it differently. I think in terms of okay, I was part of something. Um, and, and I helped build something that that, that is, was pretty incredible in, in in music history. In terms of the, the latter part, um, again, it, it's really I'm, uh, the, the whole the whole artist thing is it's more for me in terms of finding the music again, finding the, the peace and the passion again. So that's kind of the reward in in this scenario. You know, it's not the the reward isn't the number one record for me. The reward is is different. It's just. It's being able to do music music again and and kind of find myself in the music, and that that's the really that's the goal and that's you know so it's it's a little bit different uh, mm -hmm. in terms of what what the goal is here. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get to. We have time for one more treat, one more tweet, and this whole time here is a tweet treat. <laughs> Funny, read that. Go, Joel. Okay, ah, from at Joel Cotton three. Rob, sorry. What is some advice you can give to a musician who has just graduated college and is seeking work opportunities? That's a good question. Um, you know, you gotta really, um, if you're good to do this, you have to live by it, and I mean that in in such an incredible way that I can't even express it in words. That you know, it, it's a live or die thing. Like you have to be willing to 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 give everything and give up everything. If you're really going to do this, it's the only way it's going to work. Um, finding that passion in you and just really digging deep and, and asking yourself, you know, am I is this is this what I want? And 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 really, the question that arises all the time is, do I have a choice? And when you don't have a choice, that's when you know you're you're headed in the right direction because you know you know you're doing the right thing when you, there is no other option. You just can't find another way to 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 breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're going to do that, it has to be that intense. You know, I'm doing this because I I can't not do this. What's the other alternative? For me, you know, it was either music or not breathing. Mm -hmm. So I, mean, I chose the latter, you know, obviously. But, you know, it, it's got if you find that passion and you and you live by that and, you know, and you just you just be fair and, you, and you, you know, you keep your integrity intact and, and your character all the other things are going to somehow work out in this strange way. You're not even going to believe it. It's just, you know, just keep certain things that work ethic, you know, just treat people good, 
you know, try to just really just go at it like with with life. Like it's it's your life. It's the it's the air you breathe, and and things will start to happen. You'll see. It's interesting because uh, one time I was talking with, or I can't remember what it was, but with little Stephen, and they were talking about, you know, how did you and Bruce, and he said because we didn't have a choice. Yeah. The other guys all went and became electricians, became right. plumbers, but in our heads. It was music. That that was it, and that's yeah. why we're still here. Right. It's because we hung the longest. It wasn't that we were the greatest or or whatever, and it made a lot of sense, you know. It does. That, yeah. that um, the arts in general, of course, don't you know? They choose you. The arts choose you, right. and you can't deny it. I mean, when it's when it's inside you, you have to, you just have to go with it. Yes, that's exactly right. Joel, read us another. I thought we were done, but actually, we have four more minutes, so. Loads of time. Joelle, another tweet. Go! This is from our girl Ashley O'Vara, or Schley as we call her, and she wants to know, what is your favorite song you've ever written? Or Do you prefer to co-write with people or do it more of a solo process? Wow. Um, I've done so much you know, on the co-writing level. Um, I still enjoy that a lot because it just takes me in, in places and in, in directions that I never dreamed I could even go. It's it, The sparks that, you know, just just sometimes a little something someone will say a word or they'll sing a phrase and i get i get the whole idea of where i would have never thought of that mm-hmm. and went in that direction without that little that little thing that happens in, in the co-writing um, right. um the co-writing uh part of it you know and and as for one of my one of my favorite songs still to date that i've, I've written is actually one of the gaga songs it's it's a song called brown eyes and i can't tell you why it is that song it's just there's something in it that I I can't I can't really describe. It just it pulls me right back into 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 a place of of, of creativity that was just very whole for me. Um, you know, again when Gaga and I started working, I was coming off you know a long stream of records that although I I I love them and I stood behind them, I, they weren't exactly you know what I wanted to do in terms of you know the the music and the direction that I really passion had the passion to do, and something happened when you know her and I did get together, and it just it 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 got back that 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 thing I was looking for that that direction that creativity and it just you know sparks really flew, mm-hmm. and that was that song was really the kind of the pinnacle of it uh, in in our creative relationship. So that song still remains to be one of my all time favorites. A, f- a follow up is this dropping things okay this is from i don't know frank i don't know his name um have you ever written a song that you hated but it still became a hit it's a good question wow that's a good question no, nobody ever asked that yeah very big. yeah um hard word you know i i'll be completely honest with you um when we had finished bootylicious um uh, I wasn't there on the on the the day of the uh, the last recording vocal the vocal recording, and Beyonce sent it to me, and I remember going into my car, because I don't think I had a CD player in in the house at that time, and I was very excited. Obviously, you know, here was the final, and I remember saying to myself, "Oh, this this n- no." <laughs> I don't know what ha- something happened. I guess from where it started, where it got to. And I guess I was just imagining something different, and um, I, I was disappointed in the in it sonically as well. It had, you know, if if you hear Bootylicious when it comes on the radio, it has a certain grit to it, which I still can't tell you where it came from in terms of the sonic palette. It sounds like there's like almost like uh, I don't know, like a, an old movie reel that's playing in the background. It's got this sizzle to it, and I don't know where that sizzle came from i don't know if it happened in the mix if, if it happened while we were doing some of the tracking but every time it used to come on the radio i used to like my skin would like cringe <laughs> and i'd be like no but you know it's it, so it, it just it, it really got to me after a while but you know then then after it's, i started to turn around and I, I started to spin it as okay well it doesn't sound like anything else on the radio so i kind of turned it into a positive you know in that way like sonically speaking it just it stands a little left of everybody else because of this whole like crackling thing. But next time, you, if, if you do hear the record, you, you'll you might notice it. Mm-hmm. If you listen to "I Want You," she's so heavy. 
you know, at the very end, it has this almost sounds like a hair dryer going to the end. Yeah, you know? yeah. I wonder if is it something like that that you're thinking, or that or that was more. That was more like a humming kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is more like there's a an overall crackle, right? Almost like um, a sizzle, like almost somebody's burning the the, the tape. Like it's well, played on vinyl or something, even. But or? but vinyl. But imagine like the the trebles all the way turned up, and then somebody tried to fix it and turn it all the way down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's a strange sonic pal that I still can't. Because that wasn't there when I initially did it, so it always, it was always like plagued me. And you and you didn't have approval over the final mix. I, I did, guess. but it, but at that point, it's like okay, let's go back and mix it because the crackle sizzle popcorn thing. <laughs> uh-huh. They they were gonna make you nuts. Like and I was like, yeah, we just gotta go with it. You know, it was kind of like you know, it, it was in that the project was moving so fast and nobody right. was going back in. You know, everybody was just all over the place. You know, different parts of the world, so no one no one was going back in to, to mix it again. So right. We just went with it. Could have called Marconi. He's a Hall of Famer. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. So with that in mind, we need to close up shop. Oh, no. We need to get out of here. We have to sweep the floors and uh, put the cheese away because it's time to uh, go home and watch our soaps. So we want to thank everybody involved with this particular radio program. We should start at the top with our girl, Bianca Russo, making things happen behind the board. You can push the play. There we go. Bianca, make it happen. In the background, you're going to hear a Rob Fusari song called Wonderful. Mm. And that is one of the songs, one of the three songs on the custom CD that we have. Yeah. So we want to thank Joelle Filippi, all eyes. Make it happen, Joelle. She's also the president of MIO, our music entertainment organization. This next year will be her third year as president. Then she graduates and will run the industry. I guarantee, remember her, she is going to be the president of the label in about six years. And then we have Jane DiGregorio over here, every once in a while, talking close to the microphone. All right, Jane. And then we should thank uh, Robbie Fusari, shouldn't we? Absolutely. Let's hear Rob Fusari. Hey, what's going on? Rob Fusari. How you doing? I'm glad we got him this Wednesday because we couldn't get him next Wednesday. Now, because you Why don't understand that? his schedule. <laughs> next Wednesday, he has to be at the cutting room at 44 East, 32nd Street, live. New York City. He's going to be live, performing live songs like right. Wonderful. And, and don't let love down. Right. And it's going to be a great performance, even with the handicap. The handicap, of course, is the drummer. <laughs> and his drummer, That's who, David when we Kirk talk Phil. eye candy, when you talk eye candy, there's a reason why he's got this particular drummer. Yes. Because, because his name is Professor all David eyes Kirk. Eyes on Phil. him. That's right. Eyes on, and I should wear an eyes odd, maybe. No, I think. No, there we go. Eyes are on right. That's right. Yeah. Maybe we'll say that for the 80s show. No, but seriously, get to the cutting room next Wednesday. April 27th. This doesn't happen all the time, and Rob doesn't play out that often. And I'm sure you're going to be very, very, very. It's a tr- tremendous very. show, and the proceeds, uh, net proceeds, are going to William Patterson University Music Scholarships. Yes. Uh, so mm-hmm. thanks again, Rafi Sorry. Uh, thanks to Dr. Esteban Marconi. And of course, Professor. David Kirk Phil. Yes, and at this part of the show, we should not say hello. Check the beacon because I'll be running right. an ad check, check for those contests, but, but we are not saying hello at this point of the show. Instead, we are not even going to say goodbye, but we are instead going to use our quadlingual language, and we are going to say...